officially, I might get in trouble otherwise, but you see, my emotions underneath this hardened exterior. <laughs> wasn't expecting a laugh, thank you. My emotions tend to think they have the authority to take over whenever they want. You would have witnessed that a number of times, I, I imagine, and if you've been here before. And so, um, because of the, the journey that we've been on, I know for me Saturday that they're going to come and think they've got the right to take over and the day's all about my emotions. And I'm going to weep like, a, like anything. Um, there is a season to weep. It says that in the Bible. Uh, mine just thinks that it can be seasons whenever it wants to. So, I'm cheating. And I'm going to share with you um, this morning a bit about my journey in order to help you understand the, the process that I've been on, my family have been on, the, um, in order to get to this point in my life. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this morning, because um, it's been a long journey, six and a half years from the time that God called me into ministry to Saturday comes along. And uh, it's been a long time, and God in that process has been creating a new wineskin for me. Um, in order to contain the new wine that he has for me, the new season, um, and I am thirsty. <laughs> After six and a half, nearly seven years, you can imagine I'm pretty parched and looking for something new. And God has been spending this whole time preparing me in order for the season that he's got for me. Motion, stay down. Because <laughs> if, you, if you've been here for a while um, or you're visiting today, we've been on a journey uh, through a, an amazing passage of Scripture in Mark 2, 21 and 22, where it talks about the new wine and the new wineskin. I just want to read that passage to you before we carry on. So no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old and a worse tear will result. And no one pours new wine into an old wineskin. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, new wine is poured into new wineskins. I love new wine because it means something that's completely new. It's never been seen before. It's never been heard of before. It's completely new. But what for me has been really fascinating along my journey is this understanding now of this new wineskin. Always had a, a thought process just because of the way that culture kind of wires us, that new wineskin kind of meant that the, back in the day they would have just gone and got a new one for the new wine, so it was brand new. But as you understand the, the, the language around the time, what it actually meant is that the new wineskin was uh, the old wineskin, but it was renewed, it was made new through a process where the Holy Spirit, well, 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 sorry, Holy Spirit, where they would pour oil onto the new wineskin and they would massage in it because the old wineskin had become an, um, hardened and stale and it lost its flexibility. So in order for the new wine to be able to be contained, they would go and massage this with olive oil and making it new, giving it the strength that it needed to hold the new wine. And that's what God's been doing for me for the last six and a half, seven years. And I'm pretty excited um, because I know that there is a new wine coming for me and my family. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the journey that we have been on. It hasn't always been easy. 
But I want to share with you some of the things that I've experienced in, in the way that God has massaged me in order to hold what's coming. Now, I don't know what's coming. I know it's new. God has said to me very distinctly, if that's the right word, he said to me that there is a new coming. And so I'm a little nervous, but I'm a little excited because I trust God and I know God's got greater plans than I could ever possibly dream or imagine. All right? So where did it begin? Early December 2011. So in the beginning of December, um, Shani and I got together and we said, Lord, we want you to be the Lord of our lives and we completely surrendered everything. There are times that I've done this many a times, but this is one of those real key moments where um, it was real heartfelt, it was really a sacrifice. Beginning of December, you know, sometimes we can say, look, God, you know, we sing the words and, and, you know, take all and have all my life, but there are times when you actually stand united as one and say, God, we really want you to have your way. Um, And then what happened, December the 15th, so this is only a few days later, my life got turned upside down, like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. <laughs> um, just popped in my head, I was going to sing it, but oh, woo, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I felt like Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you know the story, but in, in David, in, in chapter 4, straight after um, Nebuchadnezzar has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown in the fire and And after that account, Nebuchadnezzar records a dream that he has. And he goes on, I just want to read it, that he's in Daniel 4 verse 11, he said he he saw this dream and it was about this tree. It grew large and it's strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and and on it was food for all. Under it the beasts of the field found shelter and the birds of the air lived in its branches and and from it every creature was fed. But in the vision I saw while lying in my bed, I looked up and there before me was a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, cut down the tree, trim off the branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but let the stump and its roots bound with iron and bronze remain in the ground and the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of the heaven and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let him give, be given to the mind of animals till seven times pass by him. I felt like King Nebuchadnezzar. Over the page, you will read that all of this... So, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar got troubled by this dream, and he couldn't figure out what it meant. So he calls in Daniel, who was God had given them the gift of interpreting dreams, and... And basically, Daniel tells him, well, that tree is you, Nebuchadnezzar, and um, at a time that God decides he's going to take everything that you've built up away from him, and until you acknowledge that he is your Lord and Savior, you know, he was going to eat the grass with the animals, he was going to go claws and all this sort of stuff. And it says in the following, in one of the following passages, still in Daniel 4, it says, all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. As the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this great Babylon I have built as a royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of his majesty? And when the words were still on his lips, everything got stripped. I had accured myself my little castle. 
on a hill. I had a great income. I had all the, the perks. I was running a multi-million dollar business. I had a number of staff underneath me. And I believed within myself a little pride crept in. A little bit of King Nebuchadnezzar, look what I have built for myself. Knowing full well that God was provided, but there was a bit of an arrogance in there. There was a, a real pridefulness that, you know, I had a position, I had title, I had um, influence in the community, in the business that I was in. And then I prayed that prayer. <laughs> God, I surrender it all. And God goes, great, I'm going to take it all. And on December the 15th, I walked into work, and an hour and a half later, I walked out having nothing. I'd lost it all. Uh, I got accused of fraud and a whole lot of different things that were just mind-boggling for me at the time. Um, Completely lost in what had happened. And I spent the next six months trying to restore my kingdom. I'd lost phones. I'd lost company vehicles. I'd lost a, a very impressive salary. And God humbled me because I needed to be humbled. One of the processes for me on my journey to order the, to hold the new wine that God's got for me was part of my pridefulness and my humbling. Um, and that's been the toughest journey. So Saturday is difficult for me because I, yeah, I'm going to be almost the center of the tension, but God has told me that it's got nothing to do with me. It's all about him. And so for Saturday, people have been asking me, oh, are you excited about Saturday? Yeah, I am, but I don't want to be in the front because I've been through a six-and-a-half-year journey of being humbled, and I don't want to go through that again because I recognize that it's God that builds my castle. It's God who provides me with everything, and it's God who I call out to. And so I am excited about Saturday, but I am nervous And I know God's got great plans for me, but I don't want to be in the spotlight. Um, I want God to be in the spotlight. So I have been on this humbling. What's interesting about my story um, is that at the beginning of July in 2012, if you note the date where we are now, six years ago, I was sitting in church. And if you've heard Phil been talking about this new wine, he's been using Peter a lot and how Jesus called Peter out of his boat. I was sitting in the back corner over there. Uh, The preacher at the time shared the same passage about Peter getting called out of the boat. And I had been lost for six months, embarrassed by what I had gone through. I was embarrassed to show my face in town because of the the gossip that I believed would have been happening. Again, I, I had no idea, but the enemy's very quick to tell you a whole lot of rubbish. Um, And I sat there in my chair and God said to me in an audible voice, because I turned around and went, who was that? I was by myself. He said to me, I've sunk your boat. Now come work for me. And I was like, yeah, what? I'd always had a passion and a desire to serve God. And I never knew how to do it because I had, to, I had a family of five kids at that stage to provide for. I didn't know how I was ever going to step out of the workplace and provide for my family because I'd built my castle. I'd become reliant on my own self. And God said, no, 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 I'm your provider. Took the whole lot and said, now focus 
on me. And he called me into ministry. And he used that very piece of scripture six years ago, almost to the day. So almost to the day in six days' time, I'm going to be ordered. God's quite amazing, isn't he? This is, timing's unbelievable. Um, so I was called into ministry, and I knew f- what that, well, I didn't know what that looked like because I had no idea. I was just really saying, God, well, thanks for sinking my boat. <laughs> Where's the next one? Not realizing that it was going to take another whole lot of years to, to even start building a boat. Um, so I spent uh, 2013 doing a diploma of ministry, just really taking one year at a time. Had no idea. Uh, I spent 2014 doing a diploma of leadership. Again, had no idea. I spent the very next year just volunteering and serving for church. So I spent four years with no income, raising five children. And I got to see, and my family got to see, God's provision in ways that you would not believe. Never once do we have a bill not paid. Never once were we... Um, I was going to say moaning, but that's not true. <laughs> Never once did I, my children seem like they missed out, and God provided for my kids in ways that blew my mind. It wasn't just about me and my wife, but God brought my children along on the journey, and they got to experience who God is, who His Word says that He is. And so, we got to have this an amazing time. So we spent four years without uh, any income. We laughed when we had 35 cents to our name and the cupboards were bare. And because we knew who our God was and he was our provider and he said to us not to worry about, if he takes care of the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, how more valuable are we? And so we had to stand on his word and we saw his provision time and time and time again. Uh, and you guys were a part of that journey. A lot of you have supported us in such phenomenal ways that we're gobsmacked, and it's your faithful obedience that adds to our story. This whole morning's been talking about unity, and it's just been unbelievable, because we wouldn't have survived without you. People partnered with us financially. They are prayer warriors that stood before us people who uh, just provided groceries on a weekly basis, just faithfully stewarding us and what we were going through. And it's an absolute blessing. And I've really come to appreciate Romans 8.28 where it says, and we know that in all things God will work for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Fascinating piece of scripture because it talks about all things. I used to view that passage that as I, if we've done something wrong, God will turn it around. If we've been through a tragedy, God will turn it around. But God says they're all things. 2014, in my second year of Diploma of Leadership, I got invited up to the Acts Conference, National Conference in Auckland. I am an extrovert, introvert. I have quite an interesting balance there. I like you once I get to know you. <laughs> and we will have some fun together, but it will take me a while to get to know you. And so I'm sitting in this environment, really awkwardly enjoying God's presence. But then we come to this space where we get called away and all the leaders are having this, this catch-up session and this great time of fellowship. And I'm sitting in this table thinking, yeah, I actually, nobody come talk to me because I'm quite comfortable playing on my phone, pretending I'm busy. Um, and this one couple came up and said to me, 
really feel that God's asked us to come and talk to you. Cool. (laughs) Grab a seat. I'd love to chat. Um, (laughs) I didn't say, yeah, it was last. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, And they said to me, they started to tell me their story. They said that um, they really felt strongly that God was going to give them their answer to their prayer in this conference. And so they started to unpack that he had been called into ministry and he had uh, five children and he was homeschooling and he had no idea how he was going to step out of full-time work and go into full-time ministry when he had these responsibilities. And I'm starting to smile. Okay, God, this is unbelievable because God works all things. I said to him, so, and they said, so, Thoughts. I said, interesting. I'm in my second year of Diploma of Leadership, called out of work, have been living with no income for three years. I have five children and we homeschool. Talk about a divine encounter. God used the fact that we had five children. God used the fact that we had a homeschooling. God used the fact that I'd been on a journey, and even in the midst of my journey, God used it as a testimony to how amazing he is. And so someone else, because of what I have been through and all things that we have been journeying on, someone got a revelation and an answer from God. God will use all things. The very fact that you work in a specific place, the very way you're wired, God will use it if you are willing to share it as a testimony, as the prophetic word of Jesus Christ. Come on, it was, I was just gobsmacked. That was probably the highlight of my, of my week out there because I had no idea where I was going and, and my purpose. And if that was my only purpose, then that's awesome. I was incredibly excited. So we're reading through some challenges as a family. Um, you can imagine having four years of no income and um, having to go and ask for the food bank for food. Incredibly humbling having to be seen in work and income for a while was incredibly humbling because don't we have a perception of what those people are like? And yet I was a nice person and having to call on for help. But in that process, what happened is that God took us to a level that enabled us to be able to see what he wanted us to see and hear what he wanted us to hear we all of a sudden realized what it meant to be in need, which means when someone came along and was desperate in need, we knew what it felt like. We could have sympathy and empathy for them. Loving arms was birthed. Through our hurt. I know. (laughs) I'm telling my emotions back off. Um, Through our pain and our struggles and the fact that we knew what it meant to be in need. And so when someone came upon our path and crossed Shani's path, Shani knew what it meant for her. And she did everything she could to prop them up because people have done everything they could to prop us up. So God birthed in in Shani his ministry that she was called to faithfully steward. And now you have helped over 200 mothers and babies in a two and a half, three year period, providing them with Everything they need from newborns, the clothing, the product, the equipment, all because we were, God used what we were going through 
to be a blessing and to have sympathy and empathy for those who are in need. And by golly, if you are not in the environment of knowing what needs are out there, we've got to open our eyes. Chalmuda was struggling. I had no idea of the hurt and the struggle that people go in and because I lived in my castle on my hill. But when God took that away, I was at ground level with everybody that was in that same environment. And so part of my building and my equipping and my massaging of my mind skin is to give me the eyes of Christ to show me the hurt. To work with people as best I can with his power flowing through me in order to build them up and lift them up. I'm incredibly excited for what that's going to look like in the new season. It wasn't just about me, but it's what God can do through me and through my family and through my wife. And God said to me when I asked him, why are we going through this? This is so hard. He said, why not? If you, if not you, then who? Clear words. If not you, then who? And I thought, okay, well, then I've got to persevere. I've got to make sure that I steward this journey as best I can because it's a witness and a testimony to other people that they have the power and the ability to do it when Christ is in you and for you. We've got to push through what God puts in us because it's a witness and a testimony for someone else coming up behind you. So please use your massaging and your things that you go through as stand strong in them and know that God is for you. Know that God has got this with you because you are going to be able to use that as a testimony to what he's carried you through to give the encouragement for someone else to walk in it. It's really encouraged. I really want you to be encouraged. I thought my journey was going to be from A to B. Anybody get that? Woohoo! Going to go into ministry and we're going to do that. Yeah. In a year's time, we'll be all set. <laughs> His ways are not my ways, unfortunately. His thoughts are definitely not my thoughts. Um, when I realized that my journey was A to Z, Z being Saturday. <laughs> B, C, D, the E that we journeyed for a long time, F, G, and H was all the massaging that God was doing in my wineskin. But I would be foolish to think that my journey stops at Z. Because it's just a milestone. My A will start again. And I don't know what that journey is going to look like, but I'm not going to sit there and rest and think, whew, I made it. Yay, this is it for me. Because God's got so much more. It's in my nature to push, to go higher, to be better, to be used more, to be um, just used by God. And I've got to realize that once you hit a mark and and a spot in your life, that is not over. Yes, rest in it and enjoy it. New wine, I think we, God has said to me, you're going to have a season where you get to enjoy it. But I've got to recognize that there is a season where it starts again. And it's going to look different because I've got new wine coming even after this lot. Trust God. I believe God for that, which means that my A starts again. There will be another massaging, another oil pouring into the old, into the dry that are parts of me that haven't not been worked on. I'm not going to sit still. I'm not going to seize up. So I want to encourage you this morning. 
that what you're going through and your season, that God has got new wine for you, that what is happening is he's massaging you. Massages aren't always candles and light, fluffy music, isn't it? That deep tissue massage. Husbands, you'll know this as you massage your wives. (laughs) That you start and they go, ah, no, that hurts. And you stop and they go, no, don't stop. It actually, it hurts, but it feels good. Doesn't it? I, I get that all the time. Hey, dear. Thanks. Yeah, 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 it's cool. But that's what it is. Sometimes the massages are, are difficult, they're painful, but it gets out the knots and the stresses and the tension in order for you to have the freedom to move again. Think about it, what a massage is for. There are times where it's nice and it's lovely and it feels good, but there are times when God's got to get right in there and say, oh, this is a bit of a, a doozy. <clears throat> gets his thumbs in there, and that's hard. But the freedom afterwards, isn't that amazing? Isn't it good to have that newness that comes back in? So what you're walking through and what you're, you're journeying, it is a testimony when you stand strong in God for somebody else. Okay? I want you to come and celebrate with me and my family on Saturday because you're a part of my journey. You're all a part of my story. And I'm, I am looking forward to it. I'm, looking, I'm desperately looking forward to the new season, the new wine. Um, so celebrate with us. But celebrate that God's massaging you. If it's a little bit of a deep tissue at the moment, don't tell him to stop. <laughs> okay, let him press in. Let him get a little bit more oil in there. Let him get rid of that tension and that knot. Because there will be a time when the candles are lit and it's just, this is good. You know, that's awesome. So be blessed. Father God, I want to thank you so much for my family. I thank you that they all play such a vital role in the journey that we've been on, but in the journey that each and every single one of us have been on. I want to honour them for their faithfulness, for their obedience to, to respond when you have placed that inclination or that prompting on their spirit that, hey, you've got to do this or you've got to do that, not just for me but for everybody in this room and other people. God, I pray you'll bless them immensely, that they'll continue to have the ears to be able to hear your promptings more, the faith to be able to step out knowing that you provide the seed for the sower and you are the one who uh, is for us and works through us. God, I pray that if people are starting at the A, that they will look forward to the time of the C where they know that it's going to be a journey, but the next one's not going to look the same, not going to feel the same. No. It won't be as long. It'll be completely different. But God, that freedom comes and that new wine is coming for each and every single one of us. We thank you and we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.